Chair Staff is ready when you are. Good evening, everyone. I call to order the February 28th meeting of the Ethics Commission at 5.33 p.m. Um, clerk, can you take roll? Commissioner Gomez? Here. Commissioner Ng? Yeah. Vice Chair Underwood? Here. And Chair Adams? Here. You have a quorum. Thank you. Thank you. The first item on our agenda is the consent calendar, and there are five items on the consent calendar. I will open up to commissioners if anyone wants to discuss any of these items separately or if someone wants to make a motion to approve them. Uh, Vice Chair Underwood. Yes, I would like to discuss the calendar, Meet the meeting calendar. That's that's part of this group, I believe. It is. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things. Um, I noticed that there's no meeting scheduled for March, July, or November. And while admittedly there often is a situation where we cancel a meeting because um, there's no business pending or whatever, it seems like it would be a good idea to at least have meetings scheduled those months, unless there's some reason why they can't be. Um, because at the last minute, it's a lot harder to schedule a meeting than it is to cancel one. So I, I would like to propose that we add in the fourth Monday of those three months, March, July, and November for meetings unless there's some reason why we can't. Yes, so Commissioner, if I may address that. So this calendar was created based on all the boards, commissions, committees um, that are in council chambers. Um, even though we're virtual right now, we do need the technology in chambers. And so these calendars were created based on availability um, of council chambers. And as you mentioned, we can have special meetings at any time if there's a complaint that needs immediate action, we will definitely call a special meeting. But at this time, the, that, the Monday 5.30 p.m. was not available for those dates. Um, this item did go to the city council and they did pass this calendar. So should you choose to amend the regular meeting calendar, it would need to go back to the city council for approval. However, as I said, we may call special meetings at any time as business need applies. Okay, and then my other point was in the little box down at the lower right where it says notes for 2022, it lists September 27th for Rosh Hashanah and it's actually September 26th. So the wrong date is on there. Um, and September 26th actually is the date of one of our meetings, but since the meeting's not until evening, um, I don't think that presents a problem. But I do think that city council and everybody should be aware that they've got the wrong date for Rosh Hashanah. Thank you. And is that an acceptable date to hold a meeting for you? I thought it was at sundown. Yes, right. As long as it doesn't start till 530, which they never do, it should be fine. Thank you. Any other comments on either the meeting calendar or other items on the consent calendar? Mm -hmm. 
All right, and Vice Chair, I have a quick question. Yes. Um, so for the special meeting, like if there was a complaint that came in, um, in let's say next week, um, or I know I saw the correspondence that came through that asked us to move back this hearing for a month. Um, Mindy, you mentioned the other commissions that are meeting. So like if we were to call a special meeting in March, um, is that even possible given the other meetings that are like that need the technology or you're just saying on Monday is there is conflicts? So there would be a possibility. Um, we have availability during Friday, during the afternoons. We could do um, oftentimes a 3 p.m., a 4 p.m. that wouldn't in affect the 5.30 p.m. meeting of another body. So yes, we can be creative. Thanks. Mm -hmm. And apologies, Commissioner uh, Gomez. I didn't see your hand raised, but I am paying more attention to the side. So with another hand, I will see it moving forward. So apologies for that. Um, uh, is everyone comfortable with um, the the meeting calendar or are there additional comments? No, I'm fine. Okay. Looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess as Commissioner Gomez pointed out, we may need a meeting in March if we decide to, um, to, to delay um, the, the complaint that we're looking at today. We so, would, sorry to interrupt. Um, no, so so it's too bad that we can't have the March twenty eighth meeting that would be normally on our schedule. And we can address that once we get to that particular um, action item because we do have to go through the hearing um, to determine how we will move forward. So if you know at that time we would need to request a, a um, special meeting, we'll we'll need to discuss that at that time. Okay. Yeah. That'll be fun. All right. Um, so I will make a motion if, uh, to uh, approve the consent calendar. Um, is there anyone who would want to second? I'll second. Thank you. And uh, Mindy, can you take a roll vote? Thank you. Commissioner Adams? Aye. Commissioner um, Gomez? Aye. Commissioner Ng? Aye. And Commissioner Underwood. Aye. The consent calendar passes. All right, thank you. The next item on our agenda is a discussion regarding the lobbyist registration reporting code. And I have Vice Chair Underwood as a presenter for this item. I'm actually not a presenter for this item. Um, I wanted I, it to be on the agenda because um, the League of Women Voters wanted to talk to us about it, but I do not have anything to say. Mindy, is anyone here from the League um, who would be able to speak to this item? Yes, I do have um, participants online. Um, you have Nicholas Heidorn and Paula Lee. And can we turn it over to them to speak with us? Uh, I know they've um, provided written comment in the past on this, but can we invite them in now to speak a bit on it? And they are in the meeting. So Paula right. Nicholas. And, and this is Paula. And I would say, uh, please include Charlene Jones, who you've received so several um, letters from. Uh, she will actually be presenting uh, some opening comments. <laughs> Yes, if I may. 
Is that uh, fine with you, Commissioner Adams? Yeah, I, I want to introduce myself. I'm Charlene Jones. Some of you uh, have met me before. I'm a member of the League of Women Voters of Sacramento County. And uh, we don't have a very um, lengthy presentation. I know uh, Commissioner Weister um, Underwood had asked us to come in and um, field any questions you may have about our request. I know the, our most recent letter was included in your agenda packet. And um, so we're happy to be here to answer any questions, um, but certainly we appreciate the opportunity to do so. Um, and I think as I believe, I think you know that the League of Women Voters has expressed over the course of your existence, very strong support for you and your charge. And we're happy to do so. We're, we, and, and I like to mention we, along with Common Cause, worked pretty steadily uh, several years ago with the support of many community members, including elected, some elected officials, to actually establish quite a number of good governance mechanisms and reforms for our city, including your commission, as well as you probably know, the Independent Redistricting Commission, Sunshine Ordinance, and Ethics Code. So we're very proud of having worked, worked with that and to see you, in, see you at work. Um, because we are continuing our mission, the League's mission, to advance civic engagement and transparency, um, and our, we are very proud that Sacramento is one of only a handful, you may not know this, but it's only a handful of California cities that have empowered and established an ethics commission. So because of this, we're asking that your commission review and consider our recommended improvements to the city's lobbying, lobbyist registration and reporting code. Um, as you may recall, our initial request was made, I think Commissioner Ning and Underwood, some of you may recall, our first request came to you in 2019. Uh, the second was in 2020. And then more recently, our last letter was sent to you in August, and which is what is included in your agenda packet today. Um, it also includes a chart of um, uh, what other cities um, do um, enable with their ethics commissions and some of their lobbying, lobbying ordinances, which I think is going to be helpful for your considerations. Um, Given the fact uh, that the ordinance, uh, our ordinance, lobbying ordinance, was adopted, boy, I think approximately 17 years ago now, maybe maybe a bit longer, um, and never amended during, uh, as you know, which time technology, certainly the prevalence of money in politics, and our, even our city has changed quite a bit. Um, we've asked you to re-examine re this critical oversight ordinance, and uh, we're here to answer questions that you have might may have come up for you when you took a look at our most recent letter. And um, I'll, I think uh, Nicholas and both Paula might want to introduce themselves as well. Well, I'll just say, um, Paula Lee, um, Nicholas and I worked together on this um, several years ago. Um, and I, I'm just gonna highlight the, the uh, couple areas that we'd like you to look at. And then I think Nicholas will be the best person uh, he was a uh, common cause working with us uh, as common causes um, uh, counsel and um, and lobbyist at the time. No, not lobbyist. Um, thinking lobbying ordinance um, uh, policy expert at the time. Yes. <laughs> and I just want I just I'm only saying that Nicholas has better credentials than uh, volunteer league members, but. But these are things that are of great importance to the league. So I'm just going to uh, uh, give the headlines, you might say. 
And one thing we really want you to consider uh, is the uh, thresholds for registering as a lobbyist. They're very, very high. Uh, uh, a, a lobbyist would have to spend more than 100 hours in a three-month period engaging in lobbying activities. By contrast, we let you know that in Long Beach, it's 50 hours, Los Angeles, 30, and San Jose, just 10 hours. So that's something to look at. Um, uh, the, uh, the other thing is the... Um, The information, this is about transparency. I'm just going to mention this is the one thing that we hope you'll definitely look at is, is when someone goes, when the public wants to go to your, the website and look at anything on this topic about lobbying, uh, who, who's involved, it's impossible to find any information about who's lobbying the city uh, and, and what's going on. So uh, we would like to see you look at that and improve the uh, the uh, website transparency, and and I would direct uh, uh, your questions to Nicholas uh, regarding a couple things, and then I think Nicholas will add a couple of considerations uh, and recommendations for you. Well, hi everyone. Thank you so much for for having me. Uh, I'm appearing today just as a resident of the city of Sacramento, but as, <laughs> as Paula mentioned, I was formerly with the right. Common Cause, and <laughs> it was my great joy getting to work with League of Women Voters uh, on some of the ethics code stuff that uh, you guys are charged with enforcing, and also partnering with the League and, and the city in creating your commission. And, uh, you know, one of the most important parts to us of the commission, what you guys uh, do, is your ability to look at the laws that you're charged with enforcing and seeing if they're accomplishing the goals that were set out for those laws and suggesting improvements to those laws to make sure that we're keeping up with technology, the times, uh, the culture of lobbying, the culture of campaigns and whatever it may be. And so if you look at some of your sister commissions like Oakland or San Francisco, oftentimes innovations in the space or at least updating of lobbying laws or campaign finance laws are initiated by the commission. Oftentimes the commission really is uh, the group that, that takes the lead in bringing these conversations forward. And that's part of the watchdog role of the commission that's so important. And so when we brought the lobbying ordinance forward, it was one that hadn't been looked at in a long time. It was one where if you look at the chart we include in our letter, I think at one point Sacramento was ahead of the pack in terms of lobbying disclosure. But I think if you look at that chart, you'll see in many ways mm -hmm. we're far behind sister cities in terms of how much transparency we provide to the residents of Sacramento. Uh, and so that's fundamentally what lobbying transparency is about. The voters, the citizens, the residents of Sacramento have a right to know who's lobbying their government, what they're trying to get, and just how the array of influence works. And that's what this, is, this type of transparency is supposed to accomplish. I think Paula really laid it out really well, but I'll just reiterate, I think there are kind of three buckets that you could look at. One is what are the triggers for having to do any reporting at all? So how do you qualify as a lobbyist and have to meet certain registration and reporting requirements to start at? Uh, for in-house lobbyists as well as contract lobbyists, our thresholds are very, very high compared to other cities. And so I think that's something you could particularly look at. Uh, the other thing is making that information accessible. I truly, uh, it's in the letter, but I truly encourage you to try and find information 
it, the city does do a good job posting who's a lobbyist. If you go to the lobbying portal, you can look up the list of mm -hmm. everyone who's registered. So I do think that's good. But if you try and find the reports that they're filing on a quarterly basis, it's very, very difficult yeah. to find. And really, this needs to be designed so that the average citizen or the average reporter from a newspaper can quickly find this information. And I think you yourselves would be a perfect sample. If you can do it really easily, then then perhaps it's fine. But I think mm -hmm. you'll find it's quite difficult mm -hmm. to find this information. And that kind of begs the question, what is the point of transparency if nobody sees the reports being filed? And fundamentally, the reports have to be filed, have to be seen, and they have to be accessible for anyone who wants to see them. Otherwise, we're having a lot of people do a lot of work for not much public benefit. Uh, and then the last thing is looking at, is there some type of activities that people involved in lobbying uh, should not be able to do? It's very commonly done in different cities, and particularly at the state, that when you become a lobbyist, to avoid the appearance or the potential for corruption, that we place certain restrictions, certain regulations on that type of activity, just like many other industries have regulations on how their activity is done. And so in the lobbying context particularly, it could be things like prohibiting gifts from lobbyists, prohibiting campaign contributions from lobbyists. At the state level, lobbyists cannot contribute to campaigns, and their gifts are limited to $10 a month. Um, and that's to make sure that the lobbyists aren't bribing elected officials or just so that it doesn't appear that they're bribing to people, uh, people and so that the public can have that assurance. Uh, we would encourage you to look at those two. And again, I think what you've seen from this letter, uh, at this point at least, it's, it's more pointing out things that we think you, the commission, should look at and have a chance to, to evaluate with other jurisdictions and provide your recommendation for what should be done. I think there's a lot of low-hanging fruit that can be taken on here, mm -hmm. and uh, we're just really appreciative that we have uh, you guys here as the Ethics Commission as the city's watchdog and think this would be a great role for the watchdog to, to look forward. So that I'll, I'll mostly turn most of the questions back to Paula and Charlene on goals or, or what we'd recommend, but if you have technical questions, I'm happy to share what expertise I have, uh, although... Uh, reiterating, I'm just appearing as a citizen uh, of Sacramento. So thank you again. With expertise, Nicholas. Yes. Sure. I, I hope you'll you'll see the the letter gives you a lot of detail, but it's really a guidepost to begin your examination of of the lobbying ordinance, um, and uh, and and using it to compare to what other cities are doing. As as Nicholas mentioned, um, ours hasn't been touched really for quite some time. So. That's why we're we've been advocating for this for the last couple of years. So thank you, and thank you all for for this conversation. Um, we're ultimately going to get to a vote on whether or not the commission would like to add this to our work plan for further research and evaluation of the code. But before we do, we will open it up to um, comments. If any of the commissioners have comments um, for for the league, um, and I see Commissioner Gomez, that your hand is raised. Yes, and my computer's about to die. So um, Mindy, I'm gonna like exit this and you'll see me pop up on my phone in a second. So just FYI, I'll do that in just a second. Um, <clears throat> um, yeah, so thank y'all for your persistence. It's been uh, interesting during COVID, I'm sure with mm -hmm. everybody personally and professionally. So we did, as you know, start like Commissioner Ng and I started um, some work on this and then I personally had to take a step back because I work for the public health department and um, now things are are thankfully settling back down so looking forward to seeing what next steps we can take here so I'm gonna hop off on my computer and then I'll be back on my phone are there any additional um, commissioner questions 
and Vice Chair Underwood. Yeah, um, obviously anything that we recommend would have to be adopted by the city council. We don't have the power to make any changes as I'm sure you recognize. Um, so I guess I'm, I wanna clarify what you're asking us to do to, to make some new guidelines that we propose to the city council, is that the idea? For this, it would be to add it to our work plan. So it would be something for us to look at and determine what we would want to put forward. Um, so it, it would not necessarily be to make that um, decision now, but to do the research to determine what we may want to propose um, throughout this year. Um, is that well, I, I, I actually was, ask addressing that question to um, Charlene and Nick and sure um, and, and I'm sorry Paula, Paula as to <laughs> what what they're seeking from us um, actually uh, a review and examination that might require some staff attention or analysis to the present ordinance um, and change in ordinance wouldn't necessarily have to go to your city council um, uh, updating perhaps and making the website or pages a little bit more user-friendly. I'm not so sure that sounds like more of an in-house administrative task that could be recommended if I'm not wrong, Mindy, but you, I'm sure you will advise your, your commission. Um, but uh, perhaps both of those arenas would be, uh, would be necessary. Yeah, and I can interject on the transparency. Um, we are working with our vendor who does our Form 700 filings um, to have lobbyist registration and reporting forms done there. So it will be entirely searchable online. Okay. And that- um, I, I, it, it, I would also suggest if, if you haven't had a chance to look for a particular uh, quarterly report from any lobbyist who's registered, you might wanna just take a crack at it and see what your experience is. And that might help help inform your your uh, your considerations in the future. Yeah. Thank you. And Paul, I see your hand raised. Did you have a res uh, additional response to that? Yes. Um, I I don't know if this resource is still available to you, but I distinctly remember that uh, as um, Commissioner Rodriguez, Emmeline Rodriguez, um, uh, when she resigned she volunteered to be helpful to the commission in the future in any way that she could. And Emmeline Rodriguez is an expert in this area as, as um, having you know, worked specifically there for the FPPC. So, so uh, I would just, uh, just bringing it up because that might be a resource for you as well. Thank you. And Commissioner Gomez? I'm not sure if Commissioner Ng already spoke and she might have had her hand up for me, but um, did she already speak? Yeah, uh, she did not. I was calling in the order that the hands appeared on my screen. So if it was out of order, I apologize for that. Yeah, I'll pass it over to Commissioner Ng and then I'll go after that. Um, thank you, Commissioner Gomez. No, and uh, you know, I, I just want to thank uh, Charlene and, and Paula for bringing this up again. And uh, I agree with uh, the Chair Adams that, you know, I mean, we understand that where your passion is. And uh, because in the past, we really did not have the capacity to take a look at it. But if uh, this year, 
if we are going to talk about our work plan or something, perhaps we can add this, you know, to our work plans if it's okay with the rest of the commissioners and, and just see where we are, you know, and, and at least take a step at it and uh, get back to you, you know. Uh, so, again, we just have, we, we cannot promise that we can go really, you know, to the extent that you may want us to do, but at least we, we are going to take a look at it. Would that be good? Thank you. And Commissioner Gomez? So can I propose we maybe create like a limited term working committee that can include community representation? Um, uh, this, uh, like I've seen this done in some county commissions where uh, say if there's folks that have expertise in certain areas and since you all have already done a lot of work in this, we could create like a really lean um, committee that can like turn something around like a, a letter that could go to the city council. Um, around a set of recommendations um, that could build off of the letter that's already been um, written. Is that something that is an option, Mindy? Absolutely. And um, the chair has the authority to create an ad hoc committee, if, um, a less than a quorum of the commissioners. Um, and you could engage members of the public to participate in that committee. Yeah, because I'm thinking that that would be a great way to, um, like, we don't, we personally don't have the expertise in this area, but being on the commission, we can uh, participate and facilitate the, the like, next steps and ways forward. Um, so, uh, Commissioner Adams, I'll turn it back to you, but that would be my recommendation. And I would be open to an ad hoc committee to review this, and that would be two members, and you know, based on the size of our commission, if um, like you or another, and another um, commissioner is willing. One thing that I do want to be mindful of is that the ad hoc committees serve at the pleasure of the chair, and that we have a vote later in this meeting for chair. So I may not be the chair. So you know, just sort of if, if there's you know. If there's interest from you know two members to have that, then I am happy to call that ad hoc um, group. But I, I don't want to create a situation where I'm calling for something and then you know our next meeting it, it you know <laughs> it may change based on on the commissioner. So I, I will just say that's where I I'm at. If if that makes sense to to you all, and Commissioner Gomez. Yeah, and uh, I know that there's. I, I trust if people don't trust me on this because I signed up for this before and then I got pulled into COVID and then I dropped out. But um, if we can get the League of Women Voters, Common Cause, and maybe Evelyn, some folks that really have expertise in this area and we can get be really focused in our work, then I'm happy to be a part of that and we can like say we want to get this done in like two sessions or something like that. I, I will also add, if we add it to our work plan, you know, regardless of how, you know, we vote in a few moments, if we add it to our work plan, that would be another way to address it either at, you know, through several meetings of the commission, if we agendize it, um, or, you know, have it, you know, on cue for an ad hoc committee once the, you know, the chair for, for this, the remainder of this calendar year is voted on. So that is also an option. All right, so I will... Paula? Just wanted to say, um, on behalf of the league, we would be happy to serve on that committee. Thank you. 
Next, I will turn it to the commissioners. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, Charlene, I see your hand is raised. Oh, I, uh, uh, t uh, I think Paula just stole my thunder. I was just going to say the same thing. <laughs> we'd be happy to, uh, to move this forward, and we'd be happy to join you. Uh, I appreciate your attention to, to the request, indeed. I'm turning it to the commissioners. Are there two of you who would be interested knowing that the, the League of Women Voters would be available to work with? And I'm, I'm sure we can ask um, Mindy if, if she could reach out to, to um, Emmalyn to see if she would be able to assist. Um, but uh, are, there, are there two commissioners who at this time would be willing to serve on an ad hoc group? Commissioner Gomez? Yes, I would. And I'm wondering, Nick, not to put you on the spot, but also to put you on the spot, given your uh, expertise in this area mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. your, uh, yeah, yeah, not being like uh, formally affiliated with Ling of Women Voters, I'm wondering if you would also be willing to serve on the ad hoc? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. Uh, my only issue is uh, starting off a consulting uh, business, so I've got to be chasing a lot of <laughs> contracts right now. So my my time would be my only limitation, but uh, I'm happy to at least make the meetings and share what I have currently in my head. I just don't know how much extracurricular research I can do right now. Okay. Yeah. Um, Commissioner Ng? Yeah. Um, do you have an estimate time to get this done? I mean, to, to do research to complete this whole project? I would suggest at some point in this year, and I again want to defer to the fact that I will, you know, I may not be chair after this meeting. So um, I, and also knowing that, you know, we are, are busy people. So I don't know how much time, and I don't know if, you know, uh, legal women voters or, or Commissioner Gomez have any idea of how much time you anticipate it would take. Um, so I am open um, in, in, in that regard. But I would, uh, uh, you know, hope that it would be something at least during this calendar year we would be able to revisit. Well, uh, Commissioner uh, Chair Adams, so would it be, you know, good to just uh, defer this to later, to later on, you know, I mean, to the end of the meeting or something? So because this right now is just. The Vice Chair Underwood and me, and of course you. Uh, so we'll just have to uh, decide, right? <laughs> and we can, again, choose the option of putting it on our work plan so it's not going away and it can be something that is is um, decided on at the next meeting. And Mindy, I'm not sure if we could defer a vote until after the, the chair and vice chair vote later this meeting or if it would just be more proper to wait until our, our next meeting to do that. Um, actually, that would be appropriate. The action on this item is to review and discuss. So there is no action needed. Um, the chair does have the authority to create an ad hoc committee of members. So although Emily mm -hmm. and Nicholas would be invited, they wouldn't be members of the ad hoc also. Okay. And Paula? Oh, I just wanted to say that we're really busy people too. And so <laughs> we, would, we would hope that this would not take very long. So, Commissioner Ng, I just want to assure you that, you know, this has been going on for a long time, and these these are not complicated issues, really, and and I don't think it'll take that much time. It's just it takes focus, is all. 
Commissioner Gomez. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of the work has already been done by the League of Women Voters in partnership with Common Cause. It's just like formalizing it through the Ethics Commission as a way to like root it up to the council in, in more formal ways. Um, not to say we don't need to like review the research that's been done by League of Women Voters. Um, but yeah, so like in my previous work, if there's already some like research that's been done, I think we would need like one or two meetings just to like finalize something and move it forward. I know we're all busy people. I don't think we would want to meet just for the sake of meeting. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, I totally agree. You know, just, yeah, I, I prefer not to do that. If we were going to meet and, and, you know, we, you know, again, if we want to do good work, you know, we, we cannot put a time or something to, to you know, the project until it's done. So um, I, I may consider that. So can I just give you an answer later? Yes, we can, we, <laughs> we can come back to it later. And <laughs> okay, so give me, give me just a few minutes. Let me take a look at it. You know, like, <laughs> okay. I appreciate that. And Charlene, I see your hand is raised. Uh, I just want to, I, I have to jump off at about 10 minutes or five minutes. And, but I wanted to again say thank you for the opportunity. We're happy to help in any way. And there are some other, uh, other cities have some really wonderful examples or models too. So I think um, our, I, if we need to do any more research, I think it's going to be pretty easy to find. So uh, there we go. But again, thank you very much. Yeah, and thank you for being here and speaking with mm -hmm. us. Vice Chair Underwood. You are muted. Darn it. <laughs> That's the recurring theme of Zoom. Right? <laughs> um, if all we're um, supposed to do on this agenda item is vote or even discuss, but probably vote on whether to add it to our work plan or not, it seems like we could do that. And if we add it to our work plan, then decide later how to do it, whether we're going to have this ad hoc committee or not. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, if I may interject, another option would be to add that to your follow-up log uh, for discussion. Does anyone have a, well, a motion? And I, I will sort of sideline that with noting that uh, Commissioner Gomez did uh, note that uh, they are available for an uh, ad hoc if we wanted to create one now. Um, so, but do we have a motion one way or the other um, with regards to adding it to the follow-up log or adding it as part of our work plan? So if we add it to the work plan, we can still create an ad hoc committee as a means to get that work done. Is that correct? I believe so. Okay, great. Uh, then I motion to add it to the work plan and then, yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> I'll second that. So chair, no motion is needed. This action is to review and discuss. Perfect. All right, so that concludes this uh, agenda item.
So we will move to our next agenda item, which is to receive the independent evaluators report and conduct the hearing related to a complaint before our commission. So I call this hearing to order on Monday, February 28th, 2022. We are gathered here in Sacramento, California. And this hearing is to address a complaint alleging misuse of public resources for private purposes against Arts, Culture, and Creative Economy Commissioner, Cicely Hastings. This hearing will be run in accordance with the Brown Act, the Sacramento Sunshine Ordinance, and the Sacramento Ethics Procedures, or Ethics Commission's Procedures. This hearing is being recorded by the city clerk. A quorum of the Ethics Commission is present, and I would now like to turn the virtual room to identify others who are here um, to introduce themselves. And I will start first with commission staff and the independent evaluator. And Mindy, um, do you mind kicking it off? Thank you. My name is Mindy Cuppy. I'm the city clerk for the city of Sacramento. Gary Lindsay, counsel for the ethics commission. And our independent evaluator. Hi, Stephen Miller from Hanson Bridget. Thank you. I would now ask that if present, the respondent as well as their representative identify themselves for the record. Is the respondent here? Uh, Chair, I do not so that see the respondent online. Okay, thank you. The complaint was submitted anonymously and as such, there is no complainant to be identified for the record. And we have here with us today um, a copy of the independent evaluators report, which has been publicly posted in accordance with the commission procedures. We have not received a written response from the respondent and we have not received any middles from the public. Um, ordinarily for these hearings, it will be split into two parts. The structure of the hearing will be as follows. First, the commission will consider whether violation of the Sacramento municipal code occurred. Commissioners may ask questions of the complainant, each respondent, the witnesses, and the evaluator when recognized by the chairperson. If, however, a commissioner is a complainant, then that commissioner shall not participate in any way in the hearing, including deliberations about or a vote on the complaint or any matter concerning the complaint. All testimony shall be under oath. And the commission may uh, ask city council to issue a subpoena compelling witnesses to appear at the hearing and provide testimony or a subpoena Dugas Takem compelling witnesses to produce documents. And I see your hand, um, Vice Chair. I'm just going to finish the procedures and then I'll turn to you. Um, and the order of the witnesses shall be as follows. The independent evaluator will present their report. The respondent will then have an opportunity to be heard and present uh, present other evidence and the commission may receive relevant testimony from other witnesses but the commission may exclude any would-be witness at the commission's discretion with the concurrence of the city attorney and after the completion of all testimonies the commission will receive public comment if any after that the commission will determine if a violation has occurred and if so the commission will determine what if any enforcement action it may wish to take um, Vice Chair Underwood, you have a question? Yes, um, you said that something like no public comment had been received, but in fact, we have gotten a very long document, unfortunately with no name on it, but from um, the residents of East Sacramento. 
we have public comment. We did not receive public submittals, which is different. So we did receive uh -huh. public comment and we will um, turn to public comment after we hear from the independent evaluator. So it, we, we have received those, those are posted online. It's just different than the submittals. Uh -huh. yeah. And Commissioner Gomez? Yeah, maybe this is a, I don't, I know there's a process for this. So I don't wanna mess up the process, but like if, if we do decide to assess the question from the residents of East Sacramento around like pushing this off. I just want to like go through everything if we, but maybe that's what we have to do. <laughs> like if, if we are deciding to um, nudge it backwards so that way they can submit commentary on it. Our, uh, well, one of the things that we can vote on is for the independent evaluator to do a further investigation. Um, and I, I, you know, we each can chime in on there. For me personally, I would see that as part of the further investigation. Um, but if you all, you know, disagree, we, we can definitely address that. Um, and we, uh, after we hear from the, the independent evaluator, we will move to public comment. So that may be a time where we can decide on, you know, it, it, you know, address what you were, you were mentioning. Um, I will just to make sure we are um, crossing all of our T's and dotting all of our I's to turn to um, our city attorney, Gary Lindsay, to see if um, I, mi I misstated anything um, in that regard. No, no, I would chime in. I'm, I've been listening and I would chime in if need be. All right, great, thank you. All right, so just waiting a, a bit before we turn to public comment, um, we will now turn to our independent evaluator, um, Stephen Miller, for to present his report. Um, this report is under oath or affirmation. So Mr. Miller, do you swear or affirm that the testimony you will provide along with any evidence you submit are the truth and nothing but the truth? I do. All right, thank you, you may proceed. Great, thank you. Good evening, commissioners. Um, I don't know about you all, but I'm looking forward to seeing you all in person next time, uh, but here I am. Um, you have a report for me. Um, the item has a few little wrinkles and I'm happy to address the issue that you've just discussed, but for now I'll just present my report on the complaint, which is relatively straightforward and I will try to be brief. The Ethics Commission received a complaint from a complainant identifying itself only as residents of East Sacramento, but notwithstanding that sort of quasi-anonymity and pursuant to the Commission's rules, the complaint was sent to me for, as your independent evaluator for first a preliminary evaluation and then if necessary, a subsequent investigation. The complaint makes a number of allegations. Some of them are beyond the jurisdiction of the commission. Indeed, the complaint was also filed with the states and with the city's uh, auditor and whistleblower hotline for separate action. Um, the only allegation that falls within the ethics law that's under the commission's jurisdiction and therefore uh, of interest to all of us and within the scope of my uh, review is that of receiving an improper personal benefit from uh, a few transactions that are described in the complaint. The transactions involving the Friends of East Sacramento, which is a nonprofit entity controlled by Arts Commissioner Hastings, and uh, Inside Publications, which is a for-profit business that Commissioner Hastings owns. And the complaint alleges that Friends of East Sacramento provided free rent of city property that it manages to Inside Publications. And the complaint further alleges that Friends of East Sacramento allowed Commissioner Hastings and or her 
business inside publications to store furniture at no cost in city facilities that are managed by the Friends of East Sacramento. So in our preliminary evaluation, we have to uh, look at the commission's sufficiency rule, which uh, sets a bar for complainants to rise above in order to merit a, a, a full-blown investigation. And that bar is that you must determine that based only on the complaint itself, if the allegations included are true, would those allegations constitute a violation of the municipal code? In this case, the municipal code at issue is 4.02.030, which prohibits someone like Commissioner Hastings, a city employee or uh, appointee, from using city resources for personal benefit rather than for the public benefit. Um, and we determined that if these allegations were true, it might well constitute a violation of that in that Commissioner Hastings might well have received the personal benefit identified in the complaint, namely the free rent and the free storage. So we uh, determined that our preliminary evaluation uh, satisfied the commission's sufficiency rule, and we proceeded to investigate the allegations in the complaint. Um, and that investigation, which is described in uh, detail in our report, concluded that the complaint's allegations are, in fact, not accurate. Friends of East Sacramento does not provide free rent of city property inside publications. Rather, inside publications paid for use of the city facilities. Um, our investigation uh, concluded that uh, Friends of East Sacramento did not store Commissioner Hastings' furniture for free. Rather, Commissioner Hastings donated her furniture to Friends of East Sacramento after the point of which donation, what Friends of Sacramento did with that furniture was of no consequence and no import to Commissioner Hastings after she had completed her donation. Um, the complaint does make suggestions as to a sort of improperly cozy relationship between the two entities that are controlled by Commissioner Hastings, the nonprofit Friends of East Sacramento and the for-profit Inside Publication. Um, but, but that relationship is only relevant to our investigation and I would suggest to the commission insofar as it implicates the city's ethics laws um, and, in fact, our investigation found that even if Commissioner Hastings had received the benefit or, of free or below market rent, and just to be clear, our investigation found that was not the case, but even if that had been the case, that benefit would not have been at the expense of the city. The city received a benefit from uh, Friends of East Sacramento in its lease of property to Friends of East Sacramento. Friends of East Sacramento then manages the property um, and any benefit that could have been received from uh, less than fair market value rent would have been at the expense of Friends of East Sacramento, not at the expense of the city. Um, and the same result, the same analysis applies to the storage of furniture. Even had that been true, it would not have been a benefit at the expense of the city. Um, so our investigation did not find that Commissioner Hastings received any personal benefit at the expense of the city in violation of the municipal code. And accordingly, our recommendation to this commission is that you find no violation occurred, that you dismiss the complaint and close the file on this matter. And that concludes my report. I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have.
Thank you. Are there any questions from the commissioners? Commissioner Gomez? Um, so I think you answered that. So I think, but I just want to clarify. So they filed this with the state, some state authority and the something something else because there were a number of things in here that I would hate if someone submitted to the ethics and it was the wrong door that we didn't refer folks to the to the appropriate door to use so um, the I, I know only what you know from the face of the complaint the email that was sent to the ethics commission was also sent to the city auditor and was also sent to the State of California Registry of Charitable Trusts, which is the organization that oversees nonprofit corporations in the State of California. Okay. Um, and do we know if those are the appropriate doors for the items that were not relevant to the Ethics Commission? Um, Sort of multiple questions there of what what are the issues that are not relevant to the ethics commission I, i'm not sure that i'm in a position to answer that question i i don't know exactly who uh cer certainly the state of california department of justice if there are issues regarding improper use of nonprofit formation or processes that would be the right entity in terms of other city issues maybe your city attorney is, is able to opine Uh, I, Gary Lindsay speaking. I would say that the city auditor would cover some issues. I can't, based on how the complaint is done and the fact that it is not enumerated, for instance, and it's more of a prose situation of just a, almost like a letter, but doesn't really break out and point at specific issues. I think it would be hard. It's hard to say necessarily what any given regulatory agency that we don't know if it's the right one, how they would interpret things and whether or not that's the type of complaint they would review. I do think that the fact that it did go to DOJ, it probably, if anyone would have an overall idea as far as other agencies of the state and whether or not they might find it of interest, other agencies and then for, refer it on, DOJ is probably the best if you're gonna try a place, a location to send it, but I don't think we can know with absolute certainty. Um, every conceivable agency just based off of how um, the complaint isn't very isn't very focused enough to point out specific um, areas of law that it purports to have violated been, been a violation under the situation okay um so yeah maybe something for us to consider is like having some list of those things so that way I mean, we talked a little bit about how sometimes complaints don't come in and inevitably things are going to come in and they're not going to be worded the perfect way, <laughs> but being able to like be a resource to folks about saying like, Hey, you know, this isn't the right door for you, but here are some resources for you to consider as next steps is great. And I'm glad to hear that they kind of included other folks in there, but that may be something for us to like have as an ethics commission to be able to in our back pocket when when folks do reach out. Um, I know that doesn't like answer the next steps with what he was asking, but I just think it's important. 
And there will be an opportunity we have at every meeting, at the end of every meeting for um, commissioners to propose ideas for moving forward. Um, I know after our first hearing, there were similar you know, ideas of how we can improve the process. And I think that's a, a great way. So um, if, um, well, I think at that point, I, I may not be, you know, chair, but, you know, I think that'll be something really great to re-raise. Um, and, and if, you know, I don't remember to re-raise it, hopefully you will. So we can make, keep that in mind for something that the Ethics Commission can do moving forward. Um, Vice Chair Underwood. Yeah, I'm feeling very concerned about the fact that this complaint and the additional information that came into us today, while it's from... Uh, it's signed by residents of East Sacramento. It's obviously not from every resident in, in East Sacramento. It's some kind of a group calling themselves that. And yet, I feel like we need, if, we, if they want us to consider what they've raised, they need to provide a spokesperson who can come and talk and give us their information and you know, allow Commissioner Hastings to confront them or whatever. So, but if they're not willing to do that, then I don't see any reason to go further with this. But so, but I don't know exactly how to deal with that, whether we say, all right, we're going to give you another chance to come forward and actually talk to us and put it over to allow for that or ask Mr. Miller to go meet with them as you know doing further investigation or I don't know what the best way so, is. Maybe. I will note that so me... the, it was um, it was submitted to us anonymously so even though there's an email address it was requested to be an anonymous submittal um, and, and uh, Mr. Miller I think you were going to chime in. Uh, yeah, I'd like to say one thing that may or may not address your concerns, um, Vice Chair Underwood, which is, um, as the investigator, uh, I must, under your procedures, always talk to the respondent, but which witnesses I choose to interview, including the complainant, is within my, my discretion as the um, investigator, sometimes complaints are more or less merited and it's up to me to decide which witnesses to choose. I, I can tell you that I feel that I got a, a, a full picture of the information and the complainant, I, I did not feel the need to interview the complainant. There was no facts possessed only by the complainant that I could not discover anywhere else. The complainant had lots of allegations, but I, I don't feel that my, my investigation was the worst for not being able to interview the complainant. The complainant may obviously feel differently about that, um, but if you're concerned that you don't have the full picture because the complainant is anonymous, uh, I don't think there's anything that I didn't get that I could have gotten from the complainant. And I see Mr. Lindsay turned on his camera, so I think he may have had response for, to your question. Actually, I think maybe just to make sure that uh, Vice Chair Underwood and um, Evaluator Miller on the same page. Uh, Evaluator Miller, would you be able to maybe explain some of the facts that you seem to believe are conclusive and verifiable and what the um, what the amount of evidence there is to that? Sure, thank you. Um, 
So, you know, the, 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 the code at issue, which prohibits a commissioner from receiving personal benefit at the expense of the public resources and the public facility, doesn't prohibit getting a, a, a personal benefit. Um, Commissioner Ng, if you go to the library and you check out a book from the Sacramento Library, you're receiving a book for free, but you're not misusing your public position at the expense of the city because the city is ostensibly also getting a benefit by having a library open for its citizens to collect books from. So, uh, and I, I am trying to answer your city attorney's question, but so the question for me is, was there an improper personal benefit at the expense of the city? And what would have been an improper, uh, the, the city provides the facility to Friends of East Sacramento, specifically for Friends of East Sacramento to manage the facility as it sees fit to generate revenue, including for commercial purposes. And so uh, the, the fact that Friends of East Sacramento chose to rent to the inside publications um, did not seem to me to be at the expense of the city, much like a library book. The fact that Inside Publication paid for the rental and paid what in my inexpert sense is something akin to fair market value, just, you know, I'm not a realtor or an, or, uh, an appraiser, but I went on the internet and saw what working spaces are going for, and it's in the same general area. So this didn't seem to me like a sweetheart deal, even as between Friends of East Sacramento and um, inside publication. On the other hand, with regards to the storage of the furniture, had in fact Commissioner Hastings stored her furniture for free, that gave me a little bit more pause because it seems like there wouldn't, it, it would be more like, I don't know, they gave her the book rather than you check the book out of the library. But in this case, the facts are uh, Commissioner Hastings submitted a receipt you know, when you donate goods to Goodwill or the like, you, you don't have a formal, there's not a formal tax form, um, but you do fill out a receipt, and Commissioner Underwood submitted that to me, and uh, I believed her. I, part of my job is to um, establish the credibility of witnesses. I confirmed the contribution from with, with another representative, Friends of East Sacramento, and so I was satisfied that, in fact, she had donated the furniture that she said she donated. You said Commissioner Underwood, but you meant Commissioner Hayes. <laughs> I apologize, Commissioner Underwood. I was looking at you on the screen, and I guess I inadvertently read your name. I apologize. Yes, Commissioner Hastings. And I see Commissioner Gomez. I think you raised your hand, and then we'll go to Commissioner Ng. Yeah, um, so I think that um, I guess the question I'm asking is like, what harm does it do to wait to receive in, uh, potentially additional information if it has the possibility of like building trust with community members around the process? You'll have to remind me of like when exactly this was posted and how much time folks were able to have to really review it and then be able to then go through the city process of like posting a comment or the other ac action that you mentioned. It wasn't public comment. It was something else. <laughs> Commissioner Adams. Um, but uh, like even if it if um, the uh, investigator indicated that no additional information was gleaned from uh, the uh, individual who submitted the complaint. I don't know how you know that without talking to them because you don't know what you're going to find. 
uh, understanding that there was a specific allegations that, you know, you were working to find facts on. Um, but I, I'm thinking about this more as like how to build trust in the community by allowing folks to participate in the process. Um, so in that vein, I'm like, why, why not wait for folks to participate within a reasonable time frame and then go from there? As far as process, um, after we um, conclude uh, questions to Mr. Miller, we will have public comment. And then after public comment, we can decide, we can discuss to decide how we would want to move forward. So just a matter of process. Um, and Commissioner Ng. And you are muted, Commissioner. You know, I just believe that this is really an unfortunate incident, you know, on one hand. I mean, you know, we all wear several heads and unfortunately, you know, the, this commissioner is like, she has a nonprofit on one hand and then a for-profit on the other hand. I mean, sometimes it's really a hotline to go, you know, and it's, it's not, is public image is just not as good. So um, I'm sure that, you know, her in you know, whatever she does is all disclosed to, okay, to the city and something. So, and, and what the interests me is, I mean, if I was still, the cold is so small, and then we got such a long ladder. I mean, you know, when, when we got such a such large information, we all on alert, you know, to see what it is. But then when it comes down to it, it's only a small piece. So um, do you know why they, they submit the complaint also to the state? Or, you know, you have to address it already. Is that a question for me, yeah. Commissioner? Yeah. Do you know, um, you know why? So, um, Commissioner Hastings had, and, and others I spoke to, um, had their personal views as to why this was, this complaint was filed, having to do with some personal animus um, mm -hmm. from someone that they thought they knew who they were, even though they were anonymous. But I, I didn't find that information necessary to assess the fact that I did, so I didn't include that in my report. But since you ask, that was just there. They, they mentioned in passing the, their opinion on that point. Thank you. Yeah, I, I have no further questions. Are there any additional questions for Mr. Miller? Vice Chair Underwood? Yeah, I guess my problem is that we got this 10-page letter today from, from this same anonymous group um, where they raise a huge amount of questions. And maybe none of them are relevant, or maybe you already know the answers to them, Mr. Miller. Hey, well, I've reviewed that letter as carefully as I could in the time that I had, and I'm, I'd be happy to address that if, if you like. Um, it, it seemed to me that they raised questions that did not survive. Had those questions been the, the sum total of the complaint, I, I would have uh, been of the opinion that it, it didn't necessarily pass the commission's 
deficiency standard. They're raising complaints mm -hmm. like, have you checked with the bank to see if these are not forged checks? Well, you know, uh, it was my assessment that the witnesses I spoke to were credible and that the information they sent me was credible. Um, are you sure that the rent wasn't backdated? You know, um, I, I want to be, I, I'm mindful of Commissioner Gomez's comment and I, I understand the role of this commission, but my role is not to uh, follow every little breadcrumb that uh, someone in the public throws out. My role is to adhere to the standards and the rules that the commission has set for me to, to do my work. If you decide differently, of course, that's your role and that's perfectly fine. But I didn't see anything in this further submission that, and I'm, I'd like to think I'm capable, as capable of the next fellow of self-reflection. I didn't see anything that made me think, oh, rats, I wish I had known this. I would have written something different. I'd be happy, it would take some time, but I, I, I'm ready to go through them point by point if that would be useful to you. But the sum total is that they don't change my conclusion. Okay, that's helpful. I mean, it was just getting this today, this afternoon, like an hour before the meeting, and it's 10 pages long with pictures and tons of questions. And But again, it's frustrating that nobody would come forward and put their name on it. So um, I, I, I will share in my experience that, you know, this is not that uncommon. Um, and, you know, one thought is, well, why, what is there in this latest submission that they could not have included in their original complaint? Um, and, and I think the end, that, that is often a question that I ask if, you know, we're getting closer to some ultimate answer and they wouldn't have known something had, they, had it not been for the work that I had done. And I, I don't believe that that is the case in this instance, that they're raising new leads or new uh, allegations. Okay, thank you. Great. Well, as we've mentioned it a, a few times, I think now would be um, an appropriate time to turn to public comment. And as we've discussed, there's a two public comments that came in, um, both from the same um, uh, email um, that is on the commission's website, um, along with other materials. And I apologize if a window open and you may have heard some noise leaking through, so I apologize for that. Um, but we are taking public comment now. Um, for members of the public wishing to provide oral public comment, you will have up to two minutes. We do not require but request that you state your name for the record. And please remember that this is an opportunity to address the commission. Public comment is not under oath, and this is not an opportunity to ask questions of any witnesses or to engage in conversations. Um, Mindy, do we have any public comment, um, any new public comments? Chair, and so no hands raised to make public comment. All right, um, so now we can move to begin discussing how we would want to move forward. Um, I, and just, you know, tracking the conversations, it sounds as though that there, there may be um, either some desire to close the matter, but also some desire to, um, you know, maybe consider um, having the independent evaluator engage further to see if there's anything else, you know, taking in, in um, light the public comment that was submitted um, and posted on, on the website. Um, I would say for, for me and just, you know, not having a lot of time to read everything that came in today and, and hearing um, Mr. Miller, uh, you know, 
go over what his initial thoughts were of, of um, the additional information that came in. I, I go back to, you know, the public trust aspect and under the, um, you know, what is under our purview that was raised is a matter of public trust. So my leaning is, you know, if we could ha ask uh, the independent evaluator to look more into what was submitted just so we can, you know, sort of harness the public trust aspect, but also if there's anything that may come to light as far as if we may want to have it um, as we, if we would move forward um, and have a second um, uh, hearing um, defer to a different government agency that may be more appropriate to handle the claims. Um, so that's just where my thinking is. I will turn it to to the other commissioners if you have any thoughts on or discussion on how, how you think we should handle this matter. Commissioner Gomez. I agree. <laughs> um, Again, I'd like go back to the question of like, does it hurt to um, leave some time for us to review that, that long letter for this individual to um, uh, be able to, to follow up on the specific areas, assuming that maybe they're anonymous because of fear of retaliation or for whatever that might look like, um, that they're able to watch this commission right now and then get a sense of the specific areas that the commission is responsible for after watching this commission agenda. Um, and then I have um, a, just a clarifying question for um, the investigator. I, I'm sorry, I'm on my phone. It's investigator Miller, right? Yeah, you okay. can call me Steve. I don't, okay. nobody, someone said investigator Miller, I wouldn't turn my head. <laughs> You're muted, Commissioner Gomez. Okay, um, I'm on my phone, so it's, it's hard for me to like review the materials side by side, but if you could remind me, um, so like, for example, with the rent piece, when you are uh, kind of seeing whether it is verified that they paid rent, are you like asking the person, hey, did you pay rent? Or you are actually looking at a lease agreement or some like form of documentation that backs up someone's verbal comments on it? So all of the above, I asked if they paid rent. They said yes. Um, they showed me a copy of their lease, which is an exhibit to the report. And then I said, could you please send me copies of the checks uh, evidencing that you paid your rent? And then they sent copies of the checks for each month's rent, which is also an exhibit to the report. Okay. Um, and and what I didn't do, for, this is sort of an example of the, the today's submission says, how come the exhibit doesn't include the backs of the checks to show that they were endorsed or didn't, you didn't check with the bank to make sure that these are legitimate checks. And mm. I uh, admittedly did not do that further investigation. It just didn't, um, I, I believed what I heard as verified by two other witnesses and then backed up by the documentation I just described to you. Right, okay, thank you. Any other? Thoughts of the commissioners? Commissioner Ng? Yeah, I also agree with uh, all the commissioners that, um, you know, with there's a big report, I, I, <laughs> I admit that I also, you know, just skip through it. And um, so I'm just asking for maybe, you know, an opportunity to reveal more. You know, we just want to be 
building transparency to be clear in our mind, you know, that we are doing the right, we, we are making the right decision. Any other comments? All right. Um, we will need to make um, one motion to receive the independent evaluators report. Um, so I would ask if anyone has a motion to receive the report, and this is different than what we would want to do. This is just receipt of the report. Um, would anyone want to move to receive the independent evaluators report? I'll make the motion. Thank I'll you. second. Thank you. Mindy, can you do a roll call vote? So this is a roll call vote for passing the motion receiving the independent evaluators report. I'm Commissioner Gomez. Aye. Commissioner yes. Ng. Okay, that's what I say. <laughs> Aye. Vice Chair Underwood. Yes. And Chair Adams. Aye. And next we are going to um, have a vote on what action we want to take. And just for transparency for um, anyone listening in, there are four options of um, actions that we can take. One is to pass a motion directing the evaluator to conduct further investigation and report back to the commission. The second option is to adopt a resolution finding that sufficient evidence exists to establish that a violation occurred and including one or more of the actions authorized by section 5.6A of the commission procedures. Um, and that finding must be based on the preponderance of the evidence from the entire record and proceedings. The third option is to adopt resolution finding that sufficient evidence does not exist and to establish that violation um, uh, did not occur and ordering the complaint to be dismissed. And the final option is to pass a motion referring the complaint to the FPPC or another governmental agency that may be more appropriately able to resolve the allegations in the complaint and to enforce the applicable provisions of law, as well as directing the city clerk and city attorney to send copy of all relevant information to those agencies. Um, so with those four options, is, does anyone have a motion to adopt one or more of those options? Well, I will say I would move to um, pass a motion directing the independent evaluator to conduct further investigation and the report back to the commission. Uh, and I see I may have misstepped a little bit. So, uh, uh, Attorney Lindsay. Yes, it's not a mention of a misstep. I just would suggest that there should be a an end date or a date finite for the report back for the investigator, given that is not one that is in the ordinance itself having to do with the ethics commission or the guidelines in this scenario. So there should be stated in the resolution what the date should be for the report back or the completion of the report, I should say, a further investigation report. And thank you. And I see your hand, um, Vice Chair Underwood, but do you mind if I take uh, Mr. Miller first? No, that's fine. Mr. Miller? Yeah, so just, um, uh, I was, maybe I'm getting ahead of this, but it would be helpful to have any direction that you're willing to give me as to what kind of further investigation you're looking to. Is it uh, specifically focused on the uh, email that was received yesterday? Is it having to do with one aspect of one particular allegation? Uh, I'm a little bit of at a loss as to what further investigation to do absent some direction. Yeah. 
I know you spoke that you were able to do a cursory review of um, what was sent in um, uh, uh, yesterday or today. Um, so I, for, for me, I would think um, I, I would want you to look more in depth into that um, and follow up with any leads that may you may find um, worthwhile for following up with that is under what the commission can do. Um, I don't know if the other commissioners have ideas of other areas that you may want to have the evaluator look into as well. Thank you. That's helpful. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Underwood. Yeah, what I was actually what I was going to say was maybe responsive to what Mr. Miller asked, because what I, all I think that we should direct Mr. Miller to do is to go through this letter, this 10 page letter, and just respond to each question in it. And if the response is, you know, this item isn't relevant to to the ethics commission's jurisdiction that's fine or if it's you know this didn't create any benefit for commissioner hastings what you know to go through point by point and just respond to it i i'm not sure that you need to do any additional investigation and i, I mean i personally don't think you need to see the back of the checks or um you know, check with the bank to make sure that they were really processed. Oh, but, you know, maybe that, maybe other commissioners would want you to do that. But basically, just to go through item by item and respond, even if it's one sentence to each thing, saying what your response is to it, so that they know that we've considered what they brought up and that you know, that you've uh, addressed it. Got it. Thank you for that, too. Commissioner Ng? Yeah, and um, I, 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 I do have a question for uh, Stephen. Uh, you know, as to the rent, you know, do you think it was reasonable? Do you have a, you know, do you have a benchmark for whatever is paid? And I mean, that, that that would be good too. No. Okay, we can do some further uh, explanation of that question too. I think I need to restate the motion um, or make a new motion. So um, to direct Mr. Miller to do an evaluation that speaks to um, each point listed in the new uh, um, email that came in from the, the residents of East um, SAC, as well as investigate um, the rent um, to understand whether the reasonableness of the rent that is, is paid for the space. Um, so that is my motion. Um, right, I'll second that. Right, thank you. Um, is there any commissioner comments before we go to vote? Okay, Mindy, can you take a roll call vote? Commissioner Gomez? Aye. Commissioner Ng? Aye. Vice Chair Underwood? Aye. And Chair Adams. Aye. And, and you know, um, there was no timeline given in that motion, but to just put your city attorney's uh, mind at ease, I, I will work promptly. The direction you just gave me does not sound like it will take a, a, a long amount of time. Uh, I would expect to send a supplemental report to your city clerk 
I, I would say three weeks at the outset, out, outside, maybe less, but I'll commit to that for sure. And I do want to raise something that Vice Chair Underwood raised at the top of this meeting. Um, I would be okay with this uh, having hearing back at our April meeting, noting that we do not have a regularly scheduled meeting for the month of March. But does any of the commissioners see urgency in calling a special meeting in in March to to hear the report findings? No. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everyone's shaking their head now. So. <laughs> um, with that, thank you all. And I will close this meeting at 6.52 p.m. Um, the commissioner, the commission's next day for continuation of the hearing and a report back from the independent evaluator is April 25th, uh, 2022. Now moving to um, the last formal agenda item on our calendar, and that's the selection of chair and vice chair for the year 2022. Um, I will say I've enjoyed serving as chair, but I also recognize the importance and, you know, just being an ethics commission and, and transparency and giving everyone a time to speak that I will not seek to, uh, to be chair again for, um, for this coming year. And I would um, want to nominate uh, Vice Chair Underwood to take on the, the chair um, position. Thank you. I accept the nomination and I want to say that you've done a fabulous job this year, and I really appreciate how hard you worked at being chair, so thank you. But I think we do need to do a formal motion, so, um, so I would move for uh, uh, Vice Chair Underwood to serve as chair. Um, is there anyone who would want to second the motion? I'll second the motion. Thank you. Mindy, can you take roll call vote? Commissioner Gomez? Aye. Commissioner Ng? Aye. Commissioner Underwood? Aye. And Chair Adams? Aye. Um, and I know we need to pick vice chair. I don't know if I should still do this or turn it over to, to vice, uh, to now uh, chair Underwood. So Mindy, um, Am I still on cue or do I turn it over officially? You are chair until the net following meeting. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Mm -hmm. So for um, vice chair, is, does anyone have a nomination? Self-nominations are allowed as well. I, um, I like to be a vice chair since uh, to get some experience out of the commission. So. Thank you. Okay. And I see uh, Vice Chair Underwood with your hand raised. Well, I was going to nominate Commissioner Ng, but she's already taken care of it. So. <laughs> for sake of formality, it sounds like uh, Commissioner Ng made the motion and uh, Vice Chair Underwood uh, seconded the motion. Uh, Mindy, can you take roll, roll call vote? Wait, hold on. Actually, excuse me. I think we should do, we should clean up the motion and just. I, it didn't come, it wasn't said as a motion, the way it was spoken, so we should have that spoken out as a motion, the, the election for um, vice chair, the position regarding uh, Commissioner Ng. Okay, I would like to make a motion that um, Commissioner Ng be elected vice chair. I second. Mandy, can you do a roll call vote? Thank you, Commissioner Gomez. Aye. Commissioner Ng? 
Aye. Commissioner Underwood? Aye. And Chair Adams? Aye. All right. Um, we're now going to move to uh, commission comments, ideas, and questions. And because I remembered, um, I'm very proud without even writing it down um, to explore how the commission can um, understand different agency, governmental agencies that we may be able to refer um, complaints that come in that are of interest and, you know, uh, saddle public trust, but not would not necessarily be under the ethics commission. So to engage some work for that. Um, so that's one idea. Um, and then another idea I, I have, um, whenever it is possible for an update, I understand that the um, personnel committee, I think it's PPE committee, and I apologize for not knowing the acronym or the name offhand, but I believe that they are looking at an opportunity for commissions to go before them and discuss items in their um, annual reports that um, would um, necessitate closer consideration um, rather than just going on the city council uh, consent agenda. So closer consideration. And I know that there's items that we've had on our annual reports that I don't know if the city council has ever looked at. So I would um, ask Mindy, if your team at a future meeting can give an update on where the progress of, of that is and um, just other work that may be of interest to the commission that the PPE, if I'm saying that correctly, is looking into. Absolutely, I can put that on a future agenda. Great, thank you. Um, and Commissioner Gomez? Um, and I apologize if there was an update on this at a meeting that I was not at, but was is there an update on the staffing that was going to be working on like some of the onboarding processes um, that we had like initially Commissioner Adams and I had been starting to work on and then we stopped because you all indicated that you were going to have staffing that was going to work on that? Um, Yes, I can give a quick update on that. We have hired a deputy city clerk who is doing the administrative portion of that. Um, I have done some of the work on the onboarding and orientation. We've got a new commissioner handbook, a new orientation PowerPoint, um, and a chair document, chair training document will be finalized this week. Um, and for staffing, we are doing interviews next week for that position for a permanent person to lead that role. Okay, great. And maybe we can, maybe it's when that person comes on, but I mean, I'd love to go through that onboarding process uh, as even though I've already been a commissioner for a bit um, or however it makes sense to be able to get that information um, once it's finalized. Absolutely. We'd be happy to put you through that and get your feedback. And I do have a question for uh, Mindy too. Um, I know, uh, you know, there's so many things going on, but I'm not sure if we, you know, all the commissioners, including myself, are in compliance with all those uh, ethics, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, ethics law or, you know, uh, what, uh, completing Form 700. I can't even remember if I have done it. So would you please? <laughs> Um, we just got a, the notice okay. to do the form 700 a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. You got okay. an email. Oh, I see. I didn't look at an email today because they're so busy. So we just got it, right? So, okay. um, yes, Commissioner, I believe you're probably referring to ethics training. 
Um, yes. You also have a sexual harassment training component, and then your annual filing in four seven hundred. So those are things that we monitor um, and keep those reports up to date. So yes, it is the time to do your your annual seven hundred statement. Okay, I know there's a deadline, so I just don't want to miss it. <laughs> and Vice Chair Underwood. Yeah, um, I have a couple of questions, I guess, for Mindy. One is, I thought we were going to have our fifth commissioner at this meeting, but obviously we don't. And so I'm wondering when we're going to get that fifth commissioner. So they are scheduled to yeah. be, that, uh, that commissioner is scheduled to be confirmed on the 8th. Um, and then they, so they will be participating in your following meeting. Great. And then my other question, sir, um, Commissioner Gomez reminded me when she talked about the, the ad hoc committee you had for the, um, the internal procedures and then Commissioner Ng and I were, had a committee for external procedures and we kind of stopped doing that because I feel like, Mindy, you told us that that was something that staff was working on. So I wondered what's happening with that. And that is, that is part of the work plan for boards and commissions. Um, as I think I shared with the commission, um, the mayor recently and um, this summer asked that the office of the city clerk take on staffing for all boards, commissions, and committees. So that's about 26. Um, and part of that is really to talk about proactive recruitment, making sure we're reaching a diverse candidate pool. Um, from that, then orienting them properly and then doing training, uh, appropriate training, ongoing training, so not just when, they're, when they begin. Um, the next piece would be um, what Chair Adams referred to as the PNPE committee, so it's Personnel and Public Employees Committee, uh, has taken on evaluating um, commissions. And so the process there is, um, and I've presented this to the PNPE committee, but it also needs to go to the city council for their confirmation. But what we're proposing looks like um, there will be an annual report. It will be a consistent template across all commissions. Staff will work with the commissions to um, create that report template, which talks about your accomplishments and what you want to do in the upcoming year. Um, PNPE will evaluate that report, um, give feedback, talk about um, work plans for the upcoming year, really give direction on what the council is interested in, in the commission producing. And then that would be forwarded to the city council for approval. So that annual process. And then the last piece is really um, sharing, highlighting for the community what commissions are all working on. So whether that's um, a, a newsletter, um, we've got some social media posts, we've got some graphics that we're working on. Um, I'm working on a um, short video to talk about what commissions do and what the responsibility of a commissioner is. Um, and then really highlighting what the commissions do um, and then what their accomplishments are also. So we're working okay, on good, we've got quite a few moving pieces. I mean, my, my pet project for years, I feel like, maybe for as long as we've been in existence, has been to let the community know about us because it's still the case, you know, four years in, five years in, whatever it's been, that um, people don't know we exist for the most part. And even the complaints that come in are usually through the whistleblower hotline or some other um, medium rather than directly to us because people don't know we exist. They don't know what we do. They don't know what our jurisdiction is. Um, 
I, I don't know if this, um, this project that you're doing, Mindy, with that covers all the commissions is gonna, you know, obviously that's a lot. We'd probably only get one minute out of your, you know, video or whatever, if you have a lot of commissions to cover and maybe we need something in addition to that. I guess that wasn't a question, so you're not responding. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I am hearing. I'm hearing what you're saying, and definitely, as we roll out the communications plan, we'll be talking to each commission and looking for ways to improve the process. Great. And, and I would be interested in just hearing uh, you describe, you know, the work that you will uh, that you're doing and and the presentation that you will do on what the P and PE committee is doing um, with reviewing with regards to reviewing work plans I would be interested in that presentation of the role that that committee would have in sort of supporting or uh, uh, what the work plans will be you know I, I acknowledge that we are not an independent um, ethics commission I know this was part of the conversations that um, the original commissioners had during our first year in existence um, so you know I would just be interested in in what role they will have in our work plan keeping in mind that they are also the very people who are subject to our um, you know our purview in, in certain instances so just seeing you know how there is a balance of um, not being an independent uh, commission, but also being able to having the leniency we need to do our work effectively. So I, I would want to, to hear about that during the presentation. Um, and Commissioner Ng, your hand is raised. Oh, yes. Um, you know, last year, we also went through a very stringent process in selecting the uh, district, redistricting commission. So I just want to see if it's even possible to get a report or update of what they, you know, I heard so much about their work, but I think it would be great to hear what they have done, you know, where they, about their work, what have they, uh, what have they completed? So is it even possible? Um, Commissioner Ng, you were talking about the, at the redistricting commission? Yeah. Absolutely, I can send, they have adopted the final map um, and I'd be happy to email that to you. It is a public document. Um, I can email you the presentation that was made um, and then also the, the final resolution that was adopted. That's great. Great, yeah, so will you send that to all of us? Absolutely. Great. Are there any further commission commissioner ideas or questions? No. Well, and I just want to thank you, Deanna, Chair Adams, for doing such a great job for leading us this year. Um, you know, we miss you. We, we, while we miss your leadership, we, we continue to work together. So, so it's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate that. It's been a fun year. With, we had our, our, you know, including this, our, our, our first two hearings. So it's very interesting and 
you know, sort of neat to see how our, our work has come together. And also, um, I have enjoyed working alongside all of you to, you know, raise when we need to revisit things and help improve the process. You know, having that submission is, is wonderful and being able to continuously work to make it accessible and transparent is, you know, definitely what I was hoping for with, with joining this commission. So I appreciate that. Um, and Mindy, are there any public comments for matters not on the agenda? Chair, I show no hands raised to make public comments. All right, well, I will adjourn today's meeting at 7.08 p.m.